What up, everybody? This is VP from Investing Podcast. I wanted to change up the format a little bit today. Shout out to Weecho for giving me this idea. Um, today, I want to introduce a very funny comedian from Detroit. His name is Jay Hunter. Uh, I'm gonna int- I'm gonna introduce him by playing one of his bits. Um, and also, I would like to remind you guys: um, I do have my brand new EP out called Lost Poet. And it is available on all streaming platforms, um, including YouTube. Um, if you want a, a link to it, just hit me up or check on my Facebook. Um, I got a link to it. Um, and yeah, so I want to thank you guys for joining me. Um, whoever is listening, I really appreciate it. Um, I, I know my audience isn't that big right now. I'm still new at this podcasting game, so um, I thank those who are who are starting off with me right now and and i hope that you guys continue to stick with me in the future so without further ado you know and once again this this magician was headlining the show and they kind of liked the jokes they did like the jokes the tricks though it was insane i saw one kid do like a flip he enjoyed it so much now this is how the magician ended it And for my next trick, I'm gonna make racism disappear. <laughs> he had my attention. <laughs> Pulls out a magic wand, waves it around twice, and walks off the stage. So we're getting that, right? Anyone else getting that? You know? Now, Frazier Bishop. Crowd going wild. That one time that did a flip. I'm talking did like a Mary Lou Retton like all across the lawn. Everyone is just cheering. And like I'm looking at their faces. Yeah, man. So um the way the way this goes, um, I don't know if there's any questions you don't want me to ask. Um so just let me know right now. Um, Nothing. Yeah, and if I do, open book. Okay, awesome. And if I do ask you anything, um, and you don't want it in there, just let me know. I can edit it all out, man. And um, yeah, once again, man, I I apologize for the time, bro. I know it's late over there, man, and I I apologize, man. No, no, that's it's it's, it's fine. It's all good. Life happens, man. You gotta. Roll with punches, and uh, so if you like, get onto a subject that is uh is uh problematic for me. My safe word is Twinkies, <laughs> uh, Twinkies, and 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 fuzzle fuzzle buzzle whoops. If I say okay. fuzzle buzzle whoops, just just know, like I'm, no. I'm triggered and scared. I'll be lactating, <laughs> so. Uh, no doubt, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right into this, man. Um, welcome to Investing Podcast. Today, I am here with um a very very talented comedian, very funny, Jay Hunter. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, especially with an intro like that. Now I have a whole bunch of stuff to live up to or live for, <laughs> but I'm doing great. How are you? 
I'm good, man. So I want I I just want to get into uh, you a little bit. Pause, man. But <laughs> but I just want yeah, so awesome. I, <laughs> I want to know, man. How how did you start with this uh, comedy journey, man? What what got you inspired to do this? You know what? It's uh, I think it's like a culmination of things. Uh, hopefully, your listeners know what that means. But like it was. It started with me finding like a passion, uh, a passion in uh, in life, kind of a uh, awakening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always felt a certain way about society and about like living, and I never really knew how to put it into words. And then I uh, started listening to this this beautiful, beautiful man, my Lord and Savior, Patrice O'Neill. Uh, he passed away in 2013, um, I don't know when he passed away, 11 possibly. Yeah, I think it was 11. I think it was 11. Yeah. But like he, he put words to, uh, the poetry that was going through my head. So it, uh, it was like the driving force. And then one other thing like happened in my life and it, it put things into focus and it was, uh, uh, cancer. So like I was, uh. You know, how people figuratively say, you know, the whole deathbed thing. So, like, I was literally on my deathbed, and it was just one of those started writing things down. And if I make it through this, I'm going to start, I guess, speaking toward a subject and building a platform so I can eventually make a difference you know, be the change that you want to see in the world type thing. So yeah, it just took a little bit of death to do that. Wow, man. So you, you, um, what, (laughs) that's kind of morbid. I'm sorry. What, what kind of cancer were you you having, man? Man, Toenail cancer. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, no, it was, uh, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, stage four. So, uh, yeah, it, it's not one. I mean, I I made it. So, you yeah, know, it's, God bless, man. Thank God. Yeah. Man. That, is, that is incredible, man. So straight from, from your deathbed, basically you just want, you felt like you needed to do this. And uh, how yeah. was that first time of you on stage? Uh, I think I was more upset with, uh, I was more upset that I forgot everything. Like, oh, I wrote, I wrote things down verbatim and, uh, I, I like looked at it twice, maybe three times. And I was in the green room. It was at a Mark Ridley's comedy club, comedy castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mark Ridley's comedy castle. And I was in the green room and I was just looking at my stuff. And a lot of people were like nervous and I wasn't really like nervous. And I was wondering like what the, what the fuss was about. But I was like, all right, I'll just keep going over it. I'll go. And at the at that point, I wasn't even like reading the words that I like thought of. I was just kind of like looking at it. But it's like I'm not doing anything. So I, I finally get up and I walk up to the mic and I'm like almost at eye level with the mic. And I say, hello. And in, in like a millisecond, I registered. That's what my voice sounds like coming out of a system. <laughs> yeah. But and then like 
snapped right into it and, you know, had no problem with my opener and then blank. But luckily I work well, uh, like adjusting. So all I did was just tell, so I ended up going like a minute over my time just cause I was talking. Like I was just telling like uh Navy stories. Like I, I served six years in the Navy and, uh, I was just telling like some Navy stuff and it, you know, it got received by the people that it should have received it. You know, it was mm-hmm. clunky. It was awful. Uh, I got some laughs. I was just mad that I didn't memorize what I should have memorized. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, so I felt like at one point I really wanted to be a comedian. Like I felt, I felt really compelled to do it. And then I tried, writing jokes and that is one of the most difficult things i've tried to do man it's weird because it's really weird you're just sitting there doing it you're writing them to yourself and you're trying to think of what's funny you know what is your writing process when you write jokes um well in the in the beginning the writing process was um i was on this this journey to figure out my my voice because once you once you get your voice, uh, it makes this already difficult task a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would think of something funny, and like for the longest, I didn't even really know how to make a do a punchline. It was just my my demeanor would usually get like a laugh, and I'd put a check mark in my book, like "Hey, I wrote a joke." But mm-hmm. uh, eventually, when I got the voice where I can hear myself saying it on stage. Uh, You just start with an idea, um, something that not only you find funny, but you know that you, you're going to be able to word it a certain way to an audience and then you just let it go. So the first part is very hard. The second part's a little bit easier and then it's hard again when you test it. So, you know, you can get over that hump, you know, it probably takes like a year, maybe a year and a half. I mean, I, it probably varies for other people, but you know, it took me about a year and I, I had a decent like voice and then it was a bunch of trial and error, but you take an idea and kind of let it breathe and grow. Yeah, for sure. Um, I tried. I tried writing like some Jew jokes, and I was like, "Man, this is kind." You say Jew jokes? Jew jokes, man. I tried to write a Jewish Those are joke. My favorite, bro. I was like, I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing right now. Twinkies. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so bro. stupid. No, no, I, it worked. So, how did that go? Um. Well, I didn't go to stage with it or anything. I was like showing my wife, and so I wrote a couple. I wrote a couple of different jokes, like, um, about not having like, like my coworkers, like, uh, making excuses to, to invite each other over, like, just to say that we have friends and things. like just dumb things. I was trying to think of like concepts and stuff like that, but it was, it was pretty bad, man. <laughs> it was, I, I, I like, I know if I got on stage with that, I would have bombed bad, man. <laughs> but yeah, well, how, it, have, it, I was just about to say, it all really depends on how much you believe it. So like there's this, there's this, uh, there's a small equation that uh, I'm very analytical, mathematical 
like engineering degree, logic is key for me. So I have like the small equation of like voice, confidence, and delivery. So I, I could almost say anything as long as like I have my comedic voice, give it the confidence necessary and deliver it appropriately, you know? Mm. Um, but what were you about to ask besides well, the obvious, like have well, I ever bombed? Is that where it was well, going? Well, now that you, now that you say that, because you, mm-hmm. you are, you are a very funny dude, man. I watched, I watched um, all of your, all of your videos that you have on YouTube and stuff like that, man. Ooh. A couple of your sets. <laughs> and I, I honestly, <laughs> dude, I honestly think you're pretty funny, man. Like what, so what's your schedule like over there? Like, I mean, obviously before the COVID stuff, like, uh, what were you doing like gigs every weekend or what was that like for you? I was, I was almost there. Like I was 2020 was supposed to be my year. Um, Mm -hmm. so, uh, a lot of comedy is, um, a lot. So like a lot of comedy is a lot of things, writing jokes, performing jokes at maybe open mics and then the networking aspect you want to like network your way into the club because in my mind the club circuit is like the league and you know there's a couple of smaller tiers and then like the the league league you know the nba league is hollywood slash new york club circuits so you want to get yourself into as many leagues as you can And it takes massaging like an owner or a booker where you either show up, you do well in front of them. Uh, You show up, you just stay on their radar. Um, So I live in Detroit, um, north of Detroit, but basically Detroit. And uh, I drive to Cleveland a decent amount. And there's this club originally too, isn't it? Yes. Yes, sir. And it's it's crazy. Like I'm a Detroit comic, but you know, from Cleveland and I didn't think I'd be received well in the Cleveland scene. And it's just starting to work, uh, you know, to like my advantage, creating these networks with other comedians, other promoters. Um, and I, I kind of got into this one club, uh, the funny stop out of, uh, Akron and I ended up hosting uh, a weekend, <laughs> He gave me a weekend in February and I just really thought like, am I, am I getting this? Cause I'm black. Like, is that, <laughs> oh man, just black history month. Never mind. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. he gave me the weekend, uh, whenever I like show up, he'll either throw me in for like guest spots, you know, if, if there's not too many comics around and I was at the point where I could have like you know, featured a weekend and just things just fell into my path because once I, you know, go there now I can like say this and go on other places and like I've hosted other things and I've headlined showcases and, you know, and featured in uh, some club in Pittsburgh and such, but I just need more, more, more. And like there were, I was accepted to about four, maybe five festivals that, um, four of them were canceled. One of them is going to 
postponed until next year and it's going to keep the entire same lineup, which I'll be keeping my fingers crossed for an entire year because I just feel like something's going to happen where they're going to go, nah, we want to get a new lineup, but 2020 was supposed to be it. A lot of people say that as well. I just want to address that. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean... to me personally, you you are very funny, man. Like I feel like you could you could you have a lot of potential for sure. And when I I mean I'm a big fan of comedy. I love comedy, man. I love stand up. Um, I whenever I study, like I hear, I like to listen to a lot of comedy, uh, comedic like podcasts and stuff like that. Whenever I hear them talk, I always hear them talk about like how they have to um start when they start from the bottom they're always working the door or something like that like cleaning up after after um everything's all done like is that is that where you started off doing or or is it a different um situation for you uh i would say uh it's a little different for me only because uh a little bit older so Mm -hmm. started um later than most and I had a certain amount of confidence that came along with me. Um, so, I mean, it's it's really all about how you uh, cultivate networks. So, mm-hmm. of course, they're going to have a younger comic working a door. This young comic could have just fire coming out of their mouth. But if they don't know how to cultivate a, a relationship which no one knows that you, it takes wisdom for that. If you don't know how to do that, all right, work the door, grow on me. I mean, it's one of those things where you just grow on somebody. Now you can have an artificial, uh, cultivated relationship where you grow on a person. You're constantly there. You go up, you do well, or you do bad either way, your idiosyncrasies and all your little attributes grow on this person that constantly sees you. And now they have jokes about you. And when, when a, when a person has a joke about you, you've made it in to their circle just a bit, you know, just a little Mm -hmm. good or bad, right, wrong. doesn't matter. You're somehow in, uh, but if you know how to do it on the front end, where it's like you introduce yourself and you do something that catches their eye or their attention that's another way of being in. You just have to be ready. You know, uh, what is that? Luck and preparation? No, no. Preparation? Uh, who cares? You know, it's just the <laughs> definition of luck or something where it's like, you just be ready. You know, opportunity. And when opportunity presents itself, make sure you're ready. That's yes. all. Stay ready. That's so all. That's get it. Ready. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, but just always being prepared. The military helped me. Like I have a militant, uh, mindset. Like I, mm. I, I'm, I'm just constantly thinking and keeping myself, you know, prepared, you know, and it, some people don't have that discipline. I, you know, I st- stole that discipline from the military and I applied it to damn near everything in my life. But when I applied it to comedy, uh, I learned how to tweak, uh, tweak jokes so that I could develop the relationship with the audience. Yeah, you're ready to die for your audience, man. Hell yeah. Oh, like there's the, nothing. Like the it's, military. Oh, man, it is awful. It is an awful, everything behind the scenes is awful. Like what goes into the sausage, like uh, toenails, elbow grease, some some booty sweat, 
this all goes into the sauce. It's just disgusting. It tastes great at the end though. So like, it's like you walk on stage and you get that laugh, that initial like laugh. And you're like, yeah, that's why I do it. And it's, you know, I'm at the the beginning stage of my master plan where I have a three-step plan. It's kind of simple, but it's difficult in execution. I want to get funny at the dumb stuff, you know, like everything that you've seen on YouTube because I have like 20 other videos that I'm just, I use them for like festivals and I just don't make them public because I don't even know if that stuff's just ready yet. You know, I'm yeah. working on videos so that they are ready. But yeah, it's hard to put your um, material out there too because it feels like you always want to protect your 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 like it feels like you want to protect that material too just because um there's a lot of joke stuff going around, you know. Well, I I kind of have something to 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 that point just a little. Um when it comes to like stealing a joke, like True comedians do not do it. Like it hurts. Like if you if you thought of a joke and someone was like, "Hey, that sounds like it," you like you get this, like you stepped on a crack and you broke your own back. Like it, you you ah, it hurts. You know. So it's like people that purposefully steal are. It's a small number of them, and then there's this phenomenon of there is nothing new under the sun. So I've had people in the same scene go, this guy stole my joke. And you go up to the guy and he's like, I didn't steal the joke. You know, mm-hmm. it happens. We're not coming up with anything new unless your joke is uh, when I get home and my mom, she makes the spaghetti the certain way with the short little noodles and the sauce. And sometimes she pours a little bit of bourbon into it, bourbon and WD-40, and it makes the best. Now, if someone goes up and they're like bourbon and WD-40 inside the... Yeah, but I mean, so someone can like verbatim say something where the mechanics are the same, but if it's something true and personal to you and they're just fabricating it, then I'd understand the theft. Other than that, you're not... I'm not just going to be able to come up with a joke that's not personal to me because I'm still, even if it's personal to me, I'm still going to be using the same devices that everyone else is using. And a lot of people don't look at it that way, you know? So before you, someone ever gets, they stole my, you know, sit back, breathe, fart and relax because we're not, it's not new. The only thing that's new and unique on that stage is your personality. And if you can get that personality to come through, then they've seen something unique. But the the art of jokes, I'm going to use a device that everyone has seen. So what I'm trying to do is get good at the stuff that's personal to me, you know, so that they can get my personality. So once I get good at telling the personality jokes, then I can move into the final phase where I slip a little bit of education in there. Like I just, I, I shape them the way that I want to shape them with a little bit of Oh, you guys see that? I just taught you a little bit of logic and you're laughing. Oh, miss, you just peed on the floor. All right. All right. Somebody sweep that up and shove it right into my face. But yeah, so that's me. Yeah. So with that, is that a, a formula do you that you have seen that other comedians have done for themselves? Because to me, which, that which sounds formula? kind of... The, 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 your three-step formula, the dumb stuff. No, I've never seen personal. anybody... Okay. That, to me, all. that that sounded like a 
almost like a it seemed like a Dave Chappelle type um um structure, you know, because he does Fuck. have that that dumb, and then he has that personal stuff where he talks about his marriage, and then he, he always I, I feel like I always can get something from him, you know. Look, I I gotta the, let me just clarify this. Um, you can see someone structure that in their set, mm-hmm. but I meant in a progressional sort of way. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not even at the point where like I don't I don't have an hour that I'm sitting on where that's that's kind of the ultimate goal that's the ultimate marathon you know you get that hour because in that hour you get a chance to go up and down and all around you can take these people on a journey so I'm not at that point I just mean if I can get good at telling dumb jokes like uh I mean I have a I have a a Jewish joke um, but, uh, like, and that's, it's kind of good, you know, it, mm. it just, it works just the right amount and it's not overly offensive. Uh, so I want to get good at those, be able to just shit them out. Yeah, then if you need, if you need mine, I'll, I'll dig mine out of the trash if you need it, bro. Just let me know. That's, that's now here's the crazy thing <laughs> for me. Uh, I, I need things to be organic because the the three things that I list before where it's like um, uh, confidence, delivery, and Cam, I can't remember the other one, but it's, it's, it has to come from an honest place in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So like, Oh yeah, you have to believe it. So if I didn't come up with it, odds of me believing it are going to be tough. So like there's something that's very organic, like you could sell anything as long as you believe it. Now, if you can grab somebody else's stuff and believe it, like an actor, you know how an actor does that? That's, that's great. I don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. You know? So when I act, uh, cause I also act when I act, I create the same relationship that I have with the audience. I create that same relationship with a character and I believe it because mm-hmm. for me, it is all about a belief system, you know, but not everybody, just me. I mean, yeah, so other how, people, how did, but I'm sorry. Yeah. How did you get into acting, man? Uh, well, uh, I want to say I stumbled on it. I mean, like I, I. I wanted to get into voice acting and I I trained with a coach and I guess it, there was a lot of people giving me like compliments on my voice or whatever. And I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of compliments. I mean, I am, but you know, not out loud, just write them down on paper and put them in my pocket. But I, I took, I took their, their comments and got a coach and recorded a demo and started like submitting my demo to get like voice work. Mm-hmm. Well, while I was submitting um, my demo to a couple of places, I ended up getting some auditions for, you know, like live work. And it, it's, it started with that. Um, oh, I guess it didn't even start with that. Whenever friends want to, uh, do like sketches or 
short films, I, I jump right in. So I've always been, eh. And then I also studied uh, in a, like two semesters of acting when I was in college. Uh, it's it's weird how you asked how that started. I had to like play it back through my head because I, I went from the most recent to, I mean, it probably started when I was in college. So Okay, cool, man. Yeah, I've been in a short that. film though. And that's, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was shot over in Windsor, uh, but then, it was. It's awful. It's hard for me to watch. But <laughs> where, where, where is that at? What is what is it called? Uh, I think it's called Judgment. Like uh, this guy that was a student, or like a former student, or current student at the is it the University of Windsor? I don't. I don't know what it's called. But mm. uh, he reached out to me, and it's like me and this one other person. And it's just a bunch of dialogue. Um, and he was supposed to submit it to a festival. And right after we wrapped up, I'm like, all right, when's it going to be done? And they're like, uh, soon. <laughs> he like messaged me maybe four months ago, like, all right, it's done. I'm like, man, that festival's been over with. Like, what's yeah. going on? You know, and he's he's trying to get it like released. Maybe he'll uh, submit, it th- uh, submit it this year. But judgment it's called judgment yeah that that film that filmmaking um process is very time time consuming man but i just i just did one for a uh a uh like a youtube like very very i'm not gonna call it very low budget but very local uh but they have like this youtube uh television show Mm. called let me just see what it's called I think it's called renting and raving like renting and raving. So it's almost like the office, but the, this camera crew is following these people that are just renting and they're just struggling to live as people. Uh, but like they just needed like some extra work and I, and I just do anything to get behind the camera or do something. Cause I have to feel productive during this time of woe. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, and and you also have a, a podcast with, with a couple of friends, huh? Yeah. Oh, so uh, sitting down with stand-ups, this, it's been going for about, it's going on its fifth season now. Um, and the first four years, it was these two uh, Michigan comics. And uh, they had me on as a guest multiple times. And one day, the main host was, he had to do something. And he was, he was like, Hey Jay, do you think you could host the show? And it was, I I say yes to everything. You know, it would have, it would have been great if he asked that question. I don't know a week in advance, not uh, the day of, but (laughs) either way I took it and he listened to the episode and he was like, man, you didn't crash the ship. And I said, you're damn right. I didn't crash the ship. It was awful like the the pressure the pressure of trying to control the pace of a show drove me insane that day and i told him i need to do this again he he let me do it one more time and then he had to take like an emergency or whatever and now i run the show so yeah 
Yeah. I tried to say it's so simple, but sitting down with standups, a Detroit comedy podcast, and it is just like the title. We talk to comedians. Um, and I, yeah, that's all I'm going to say because the rest of it is stuff you just don't want to hear. <laughs> all right, man. Well, what I want to do um, with this podcast, man, I really like shining a light on on up and coming um i feel like there's success stories you know like there's stories being written as we speak you um you're a comedian from michigan um you you are striving for something you know i want to know how like what is your end game like obviously we 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 want something out of what we do you know you you talked about your three-step plan um, what what do you feel like is really your your purpose, man? I would say my purpose has to do with we we make our own personal like purposes in life, and it's it's my personal goal to write write this pathway that the United States is on like I see things and I have a problem with it. And this is how I'm going to deal with the problem. Because if, if I had a couple of thoughts and I just grabbed a microphone and started talking out into the ether, it's not going to go anywhere. You have to build a platform and I just thought to myself, what is the best way to build the platform? And my answer was comedy. Like I am the awful videos that you saw, and I'm definitely just going to send you some other stuff just so, you know, it doesn't sound like you're just saying that to be polite on here, but I, 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 of the comedy that I've done so far and the people that I've made laugh, I'm at least five times better at improvisation than I am at stand up, but I can't develop a platform with improvisation. So yeah. I, I, I have to get as high as I can build a, either a following or a platform so that my voice can be heard and then start cultivating the, the message because as, as humans, we can do better mm-hmm. and the military uh, um, uh, among all things, the military and all these other positive individuals that have done amazing things. The message is clear as humans, we can do better. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to take discipline because better is not easy. Like my, and I just want to make small mention of, uh, uh, what's his name? David Goggins. He was a, uh, yeah, yeah. the Navy SEAL guy, yeah. uh, runs ultra marathons. The most important thing that I gathered from one of his interviews was say we have this tank and this tank is the amount of effort you can exert. And he says, most, most humans quit at between 20 and 30%. They go, ah, I can't do anymore. I can't do anymore. Now you can give a hundred percent any more than a hundred percent. You die. And he said, all he did was just get it closer and closer and closer till he started operating in that 90 percentile, pushing your body 
going further. It's that push that allows you to do great things. Now, it's not for everybody, but I really think more people can jump on board. We don't all have to run marathons, but but we can make decisions. We can be better. You know, so I was just going to tell jokes and trick people into doing better and thinking about things. Because I just mean it on the thinking level. We could think a lot more. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And and another thought I was just thinking about um how you said you're you're better at improvisation and, and you know, yep. you feel you feel like there's no platform for you to, to develop with that. Have you ever considered like I know Chicago, I don't know if they still do the second city thing. Um No, I mean there's no platform. You you, you can't one, you wouldn't be able to name ten improvisers. Mm, that's true. Would you? Can you? Uh, I'll just say the set of the office. <laughs> Not see, saying. but yeah. uh, but it's but tough. say their names. Yeah. I, I would say Chris Farley, um, Steve Carell is definitely one. Um, it, it there's there's quite a few, you know. Um, what uh, just but like, what I mean like is SNL, you, you know things like but, that. But 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 by I just mean saying their name. So mm-hmm. like you can list off comedians, and yeah. when you say you know Chappelle you also get the message that Chappelle brings. So mm-hmm. you can, you, you like, you could just list comedians easy. You, Kevin Hart, blah, 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 blah. you can just, you can go through the list, but you can't do the same thing with, with improv. Absolutely. That's what I mean by platform. So I don't need a place to do improv. Oh, I could mm-hmm. do that. Any, I could be dope at improv, but I won't get that same platform. I could be the that, best. Yeah. You know, sense. like you could be the best, it, it one no one's just gonna know your name two i won't be able to get my message out because improv you're going with the flow of entertainment but if i become a headlining comedian uh, I, i'm not gonna say i'd go out and do a political set but like i can put a message inside my set and go everywhere and i could get yeah. booked because i'm making people laugh but then also they're laughing about like racial tension or they're laughing about something that's logic and it makes them think, you know? So like you just, you can't shape the message the way I can't shape the message the way I want using improv and shit. I don't think too many people could. Yeah. I don't think anybody has ever tried that (laughs) unless Mm -hmm. you want to try like some political stuff on SNL or something, you know, but yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, But you you still aren't in control improv. the, 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 the improv is in control. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you could say Wayne Brady, what's his stance on, you wouldn't know he, it, he's Wayne Brady, you know, yeah, that makes uh, sense, name any of them and ask them their stance on whatever you could. If I just say Dave Chappelle, you already know there's a fist in the air, you know, mm-hmm. just from that last, that last special where he said the time, when he said the yeah. man, he said the time. I got chills because he changed, he shifted gears. You were thinking something light and fluffy is about to come out. And he said it and it was a, it was a shudder to me, you know, incredible to, 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 to most people that might be on the, you know, the receiving end of some of that stuff, you know, it, it sends chills, you know, to other people. They're like, why won't he tell a joke? But you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I want. Absolutely. And I, I feel like 
you're definitely someone who could do it. I feel like you're definitely like sky's the limit, you know, and it, you, you are incredible. Um, I feel like you're a really funny, talented dude. And I wish you all the best, man. I, I thank you for, for joining me today and sitting down, taking the time to do this with me, man. I appreciate you having me. Like that's just, it. It's one foot in front of the other, you know, and next thing you know, you're walking and then you just get good at that and put it into a nice jog. So I'm ready. I'm ready to jog. And just cause there's a little bit of COVID out there, I'm still walking. Just waiting for that right moment to break out into a full on sprint. <laughs> no doubt, man. Well, I wish you all the best, man. And, and I'll talk to you soon, man. All right. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful night and keep those, uh, keep